The sweatpants allows the girl, I think, to see how relaxed you can be. If that makes sense, maybe like a little bit of like the relaxed side of you. Interesting. With the package. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we also want to see the package a little bit. It's like the 80% relaxed, 20% that want to see yeah. what, your, what, what your junk looks sure. like. Okay, fair enough. So yes, <laughs> I can't remember where we were. <laughs> Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You're here, you found us, you made it, you love romantic comedies, we do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have The, the Family, Family Stone. Stone. If you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever, make sure you subscribe, follow, leave some reviews. They help more people find us and... Sarah responds to 100% of the Instagram DMs that come in. So you can get at us at Romcom Rewind on Instagram, um, at Romcom Rewind on TikTok. We also have an email, romcomrewind at gmail.com. We have an Instagram DM from Missy. She says, Hey, so I'm obsessed with the pod and been binging like crazy. I love this. She says, I feel so seen. I feel like <laughs> I finally found my rom-com people. Hell yeah, Missy. Woo! Join the RCR fam. We're, we're fam. We, Welcome. We, we love romantic comedies together. Uh, and she says, even though I think I can't learn anything new about these movies I've seen a million times, I do learn from the quick facts. Thanks for the hours of laughs. She says, want to throw out uh, more Nancy Myers content? Something's got to give and or it's complicated. Um, and for something younger, Love, Simon is a great teen rom-com. I actually just scrolled over that on Netflix oh, okay. the other day, Love, Simon. Yeah, that it's on our list. A, so it is on yes, our list, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Thank Missy. you. And if you want to reach out at Rom-Com Rewind, we answer all of our uh, Instagram DMs, and maybe we'll, we'll give you a shout-out on the pod. So The Family Stone is a 2005 comedy-drama romance directed by Thomas Bazooka. This is the story of Everett Stone, played by Dermot Mulroney. He's uh, bringing his girlfriend Meredith, played by Sarah Jessica Parker, to meet his family for the holidays. Now, this is a little bit of an ensemble cast. So the Stone family is a big family, uh, very tight-knit, very outspoken. Uh, I guess we can say uh, Sybil Stone is the matriarch of the family. That's Diane Keaton. We have Craig T. Nelson playing the father, Kelly Stone. Ben Stone is Everett's younger brother. He is played by Luke Wilson. We have Susanna Stone and Amy Stone are the two sisters. They are played by Elizabeth Reeser and Rachel McAdams. And then the youngest brother of the family is Thad Stone, played by Tyrone Giordano. He is uh, deaf and also gay, and his partner is Patrick Thomas, played by Brian J. White. Ooh. Oh, oh, and we have uh, Claire Danes, who plays Meredith's sister, Julie. Did you and say Sarah Jessica Parker? I did, yeah, okay. right off the top. Okay. Yeah, and basically it's just Everett bringing Meredith to meet his family. Not all goes to plan over the holidays, and love is found in perhaps the most unprecedented of places. And there's also like a really kind of like an intense plot line of family connectedness storyline happening as well, which I think makes this film really, really special. What are your thoughts? You don't have to be nervous. I'm not. They're going to love you. There's nothing harder than joining a family. He intends to give that girl my mother's wedding ring. Especially one like the Stones. She's got this throat clearing tick. It's like she's digging for clams. Ready? <clears throat> yeah, they're all watching, you know. I loved this movie. Um, I don't think I've actually... Maybe I've seen this movie once. Okay. Um, a long time ago. 
And we actually have had this recommended quite a few times uh, over the last few years, and we just haven't gotten to it. It's been since season one that you, the RCR fam, have been asking for this. It hasn't been on any streaming services that we've had, or yeah, just like was weird times. We when got we this on Disney Plus, right? We if did, anybody else is yes. looking to watch. Yes. Um, fabulous, fabulous cast. I like cannot say enough about this cast. I loved it. Um, they did an amazing, fantastic job at making them seem like a, such a tight-knit, wonderful family. Um, and that's hard to do with actors coming from different backgrounds and things like that. I thought it was really, really well done. Um, Meredith, Sarah Jessica Parker's character, so awkward, and she killed it at the awkwardness. Think? Okay, well, yeah, I'll oh, agree with that. at the awkwardness. Yeah. Like, I had such secondhand embarrassment for her so many times throughout this movie. Um Diane Keaton was phenomenal in this. Yep. Oh, I just, you know what? I can go on and on about it. I I thought it was really, really well done. And I would, I understand why people watch this every holiday. It's a mix of like all certain types of emotion. It's wonderful. It's, uh, I'm going to say it. It's got the secret sauce, Sarah. The secret it's, sauce. It's really, really good. I really enjoyed it. I find often when you have a big cast, especially for the holidays. Yes things can feel disconnected from each other, if that makes sense. Like, like take Four Christmases, for example. It's about, it's it's the same concept. It's about meeting the family. Right. And Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon, they go to Vince's dad's place and they meet all these people. And then separately, they go to Reese's mom's place and they meet the mom and the sister. And then separately, they go to Vince's mom's place and they meet the stepdad. Who's and it's his, very quick. And But it's but it's also very like like, nobody feels like they're together. This film, it felt like... Rachel McAdams and Luke Wilson have been bickering since they were five years old. <laughs> yeah. And it feels like Diane Keaton has been on Luke Wilson's ass for years about it. Like it just, it felt like a proper family. It did. It felt like they were all together all the time. And I think that's what makes it magical to the Sarah Jessica Parker thing. I felt like she was the only thing in this film that I don't totally love. I, thought, I, I think you were not supposed to love her, yeah, though. Like, you weren't. You were supposed to hate her as much as the family did. Like, she, I, I agree with that. And she was supposed to be robotic. But, like, she was, she was, like, more lizard than human, <laughs> I think. She was really... I think more robot, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Robotic, cat-like, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, Diane Keaton, she deserves any and all accolades. She's yeah. fantastic in this. And she she's was. been fantastic for years. Oh God, yes. Absolutely. Like everything she she she's in is wonderful. But yeah. yes, this this movie was just I can't talk like about the cast enough. It was just so well done. Okay, let's dive in. So all the kids, um, obviously they're all adults. Uh they're coming home for the holidays. So all the children are coming home to see Kelly and Sybil. Um, Everett brings home his girlfriend, Meredith, and the family gives her such a hard time. And Let's be honest. She's very stiff, very particular. Um, what's another word we can use? Uh, she's like an iguana. Her, but she's, uh... Uh, yeah, like she's very specific. Um, yeah. I'm going to keep on making lizard jokes. Okay. A Komodo dragon, perhaps. Komodo dragon. Yeah. <laughs> they end up playing charades that night. And while they're playing charades, it goes terribly wrong. Um, well, to be clear, Amy, and even when Everett and Meredith arrive, yes. Amy is prepping the family. She's like, we went out for dinner, and she was just horrible. She's got this throat clearing tick. It's like she's digging for clam. That would drive me nuts. Amy is out to get her. So when yes. charades is happening, it comes around to Meredith's turn, and Amy gives her a charades uh, piece that she thinks might be difficult. Yeah. And 
it does not go well. No, it does not go well at all. Um, and I re- do we ever find out what the actual answer was? We do. Because yes. there was oh, the... Oh, um, yes. yes. One of the words in it is black. And she... I don't know how this happens. I don't know if it was subconscious or, or consciously done, but she ends up pointing to Patrick, who is Thad's... Who is black. Yes, his, who is black. Significant and other. Yeah, who's Thad's um, husband. And Amy, of course, jumps on her and calls her out. And Meredith is embarrassed and she runs away. And then Everett runs after her. Anyway, it just creates a big, like, it starts things off for the holidays on quite the foot. Let's, a little let's tumultuous. Just say that. Yeah. So Meredith is so embarrassed, I think, at this and, and, and distraught that she actually goes to stay at the local inn. And because Amy just pisses her off even more, uh, so much so that. Meredith even calls her sister, Julie, to come and be with her, leave her family to come and be with her for the holidays. Like, I'm going to pull my sister in and now you guys are going to host me and my sister because I need... Without even asking. I need help. I need support. Yeah. Without even asking the family if that was okay, if Julie came for the holidays. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It just... Meredith's character is not endearing, redeemable... It's just, it's <laughs> no, she's she's just not. yeah, it's, she's not a good character. Well written though. Like it was real because you really don't like her. You're supposed to not like her. I think we don't like her a little too much, but that's just yeah. my opinion. <laughs> Everett asks his mother, uh, Sybil, for his grandmother's ring, which um, Sybil had promised him uh, a long time ago. But Sybil actually says, no, she can't give it, give it to him for Meredith. And he says, like, this is the woman I'm going to marry. And she says, I can't. Like, I, you shouldn't marry her. We don't like her. Like, it's just, it shouldn't happen. There are some intense family moments that, that, that happen in this film. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, Everett leaves pissed. And, and, and he does end up going to look at one with his brother Thad. And Thad said, also says, like, don't marry her. And he asks, like, is this... Thad asks Everett, like, is this because, uh, like, mom, like, about mom? And so you start to kind of get this backstory about, you know, maybe there's something with Sybil. Like, and, and you end up finding out that she's actually sick again. Well, we, we find out that she was a breast cancer survivor yes. previously. Yep. Um, and now she is sick again. And we, different characters kind of learn it. At different times. the movie, Ben learns it. And then Susanna eventually figures it out. And they, they all slowly... But but we don't say we just like oh his mom's sick again is kind of yeah. how it's described and then at the end we find out that it it is indeed uh, breast cancer yes yeah and so back at the house uh, and this is where Susanna finds out um, Sybil's taking a nap and Susanna goes to lie down with her and and yeah we begin to realize that she's sick again and and um, Ben finds out getting high with um, Kelly the father <laughs> which is ridiculous <laughs> Ben goes home they're at like the local <laughs> high school like football field and yeah. he's just and Ben starts crying and yeah. goes back home and gives his mom a really big hug and Sybil then realizes okay now Ben knows okay so like two out of the five and like it, it is it is interesting when they all find out how they all react Early, I, I won't go into specifics, but like early, mid-20s, Ben Stone and Devin, <laughs> your favorite podcast friend, we were very similar humans, oh. especially around the holidays. Like a lot a lot of the moments that happened with Ben, I'm like, oh, that, yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, that too, yep. Well, and we can't forget me. there actually is one scene that I didn't touch on at the very beginning. When, when Meredith is heading to the inn, um... Ben comes out and actually brings her 
Sybil's favorite mug, which I don't know if that was like a nice move or a bad move, but anyway, like a good move or a bad move, but, um, and kind of outstretches his body. He's wearing oh, sweatpants. Okay. I, yes. I want to talk about that. Okay. So he's wearing the sweats. He's right. chatting with Meredith. Mm-hmm. His package is slightly visible. Yes. And it's always bothered me. Like maybe like five years ago, I think I was late on this. A coworker of mine, we were talking about sweats and she was like, oh my God. That's the hottest thing. The sexiest thing a man can wear are sweats. And I thought that was absolutely ridiculous. Sweatpants. <laughs> it depends, I think, That's which ones. That's stupid. But anyway. And yet I asked, I, I did a little bit of crowdsourcing. I, I did a little bit of research on this. Oh, did you? It's a fact. Factual. Sweatpants on guys is attractive. Yes, yes. I don't think it should be. So I want to do the list. The list of random clothing items that guys can wear that shouldn't be sexy, but somehow they are. All right. Like, for example, on my list, and this makes no sense to me, Henley's, Sarah. Henley's. Henley's. Yes, Henley's are. Yes. They are very sexy. Okay, but why? I don't get I it. I don't know. I also really like, like, a white t-shirt and jeans. I, that's number three <laughs> really? on the list, Sarah. <laughs> so I've got Henley's, yes. sweatpants, a white t-shirt mm-hmm. and jeans, yep. a nice tailored suit. Yes. Okay. Yeah, nice Dude, tailored suit How does that make sure. sense? Uh, a leather jacket and sunglasses. The combo. Yep. yep. Uh, black V-necks. Yeah, black V-neck. Yep. Mm-hmm. Chinos. I love chinos. Yes. I love them all. So, like, listen, if you ask a guy, hey, what's an attractive thing on a girl? You're like, lingerie. G-strip. <laughs> thought, like, but okay. what? it's so all very le- easy. I was going to say, less clothing, the better. Yes. <laughs> Girls are like, I like a guy who has a shirt, long sleeve, Three buttons on top. Right. What? What? what the, why is a Henley attractive? I don't get it. I don't know. It is. So you can't explain. It's just is. It just is. I. I. What's attractive about a white t-shirt and jeans? I don't know. You know what though? That yes. That like I even said it before you. You said it. Yes. Yeah. A crisp white t-shirt <laughs> with a nice fitting pair of jeans and your your the cute butt looking cute. Mm-hmm. So I gave you I gave you seven options. Give me a top three. A good pair of chinos. Wow. No, you know what? No, I love a, a good fitting suit. Okay, a tailored suit. Yep. Yeah. Uh, white t-shirt and jeans. Wow, okay. And. Oh, I, I can see her face. It's down to the Henleys and the sweats, isn't it? It is actually. Wow. But I, know you. I might go with, I might go with a Henley. Okay. Yeah. I mean, sweats, you know what? Like every guy owns a pair of sweats. And yes, That's it right. is, it is hot, but. Is it hot simply because you can see the package a little bit better? Yeah, I think so. Like, wow. I think, yeah. Okay. I think, too, though, it depends on the sweats. Like, they have to be, like, a nice pair of sweats. Like, like a, a good brand, too, if oh, that makes yeah. sense. Like, it can't be, like, the sweats you wore since high school and you're now, like, almost 30. I was literally about oh. to say, in high school, everybody has those pair of sweats that have, like, like a cigarette burn mark somewhere. Yeah, like and they're a little, I don't you think spilled something attractive. on it one time. That's why the Henleys go before the sweatpants. But if they're like a nice pair of sweatpants, then yeah, sweats. Anyway, there you go. You have it. Is it just that we like guys to be nice and put together? I think so. So Henley's feels like, oh, this is, yeah, and I think you're this, packaged very nicely. The sweatpants allows the girl, I think, to see how relaxed you can be. If that makes sense, maybe like a little bit of like the relaxed side of you. Interesting. Yeah. With the package. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we, we also want to see the package a little bit. It's like 80% relaxed, 20% I want to see yeah. what, your, what, what your junk looks sure. like. Okay, fair enough. So yes, <laughs> I can't remember where we were. <laughs> okay, so I will say 
that Ben is very kind to Meredith. Yes. And Everett, ever since he's brought her home, almost dismisses her. And I think she's very, very uptight, um, high strung. And I think she believes that Everett should be sticking up for her at every single point, even when she's done wrong. And there's a point where, yes, you your significant other should, but you make matters worse. And Everett just kind of, and as I, as I put my hands together, just kind of like says, okay, well, you're on your own, like pieces out, like goodbye. You're, you do your thing. You've dug this grave. You can lie in it kind of thing. At the bus stop, we have Everett and Ben who go to pick up Meredith's sister, Julie. Enter Claire Danes. It is love at first sight for Everett and, and Julie. We see that immediately so much so that she falls down the stairs off the bus the classic rom-com meet cute trope she they meet each other to they be honest connect, and then somebody falls yes. like uh, i'm surprised course. they didn't have her fall into him yeah so, oh my god that mm, would that would have yeah. been, been better yes yes so it turns out though the whole family loves julie but still doesn't like meredith <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Julie shows up, but she's just so much more carefree, like especially with a big family. Like there's five yes. siblings here. Yeah. Is it five or six? Five. Uh, there's a lot of kids. So everybody's going to be up in everybody else's business. You need to be, you need to be a Ben. You need yeah. to be chill. You need to be cool as a cucumber. Just go with the flow. Let it wash And over Julie you. does that. Meredith still doesn't. Yes. So that evening, there is a very, very awkward dinner conversation. And honestly, Meredith is so out of line where she takes this conversation so rude. And both Sybil and Kelly yell at her. Yeah, as soon as she said, like, the nature versus nurture comment, I just, I could feel it. I couldn't remember this movie too, too much, but I'm like, <sighs> I feel like this is going down a weird, a weird road. And off the top of the pod, when you said, there are a few moments yes. that are just unredeemable yep. for Meredith. This was one where I'm like, oh, God, like, how did this, how did this go so bad, so quick, for so long, too? Like, the hole just kept on getting dug. And, yeah, there are times where I think that, like, the family is mean to her and they're not fair to her. And then there are times where I'm like, you did it to yourself. That was probably the appropriate reaction that you should have garnered, Meredith. Yeah, yeah. that's, you should have been yelled at for sure. Yeah, yeah. And she runs off um, and yells at Everett saying thanks a lot. Which I don't, I don't know but what he does I, in that I don't, scenario. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, I don't think Everett could have saved you or stuck up for you. And I don't think he necessarily should have. Um, he definitely shouldn't have. So like lady, he wasn't going to stand up for you. So then she leaves and drives off, and she's literally a disaster. She runs into one snowbank on one end, <laughs> another snowbank on another. Then who goes out to help her? Ben but Stone. Kind Ben Luke Stone. Luke Wilson, baby, I love him. Goes to help her, and he ends up taking her somewhere. and um, Somewhere to, uh, to what, a bar. O'Malley's, O'Regan's, O'Douglas. <laughs> I don't It was some, some Irish pub. An Irish pub, yes. And Everett and Julie do end up going to look for her. I don't know, things start to get interesting between these two relationships. Yes, our story diverges. Now we have isolated Ben and Meredith. They're yes. hanging out at the bar. They're having drinks. Also isolated, we have Julie spending some alone time with Everett. Yes. And we're quickly seeing that Everett, like off the top, uh, there's the meet cute with Meredith and Everett. And he talks about, yeah, we met in Hong Kong. I really wanted to see this like, 
monument, this this statue or something. Um, uh, was monastery. it a temple? Or, oh, it was a monastery. Yes, no, yes. Yes, yes, it was a monastery. And he didn't end up doing it because he ended up meeting Meredith. Meredith. Who, talked her, who talked him out of it, said that wasn't important. Whereas he meets Julia and like, this is right up Julie's alley. She went to Alaska and she saw this guy who made a totem pole because he felt this hole in his heart and he couldn't feel whole again until he like did this thing. And and you can definitely tell that like they have way more, much more in common. Yeah than Everett and Meredith do. And I think it just goes back to that you need a partner who will push you and and wants you to be the best that you can be, right? And and like pushes you to go to your goals. And and um, whereas Meredith and Everett, they didn't do that. They, they almost stunted each other. They did. And Everett became more like Meredith than like himself, if that yes. makes sense. Yeah. So back at the bar, Ben actually tells... <laughs> Basically tells Meredith, like, you need to stop trying so hard and you, you are a freak. You need to fly your freak, you need to fly your freak flag high and just like embrace who you are because you don't embrace who you are. She has, and I'm a guy, so I'm going to describe this inappropriately, but I noticed for the first like 45 minutes of the movie, Meredith has this like tightly wound bun yes i don't know what's happening there but it is like (laughs) you lots of bobby pins lots of bobby pins lots of action happening in the hair to have it like like pristine yes and everett and julie they're hitting it off and they're having a deep conversation about life and choices (laughs) (laughs) two very different um (laughs) interactions occurring i've got um so so would we agree that that meeting the parents moments for Meredith was about as bad as it can get, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty pretty close to the top. Ben Stiller's role in Meet the Parents aside, because that's probably number one. But I have for you the very worst meeting the parents stories. Love it. As found just online. Okay. So this person says, uh, "I walked in the house to meet my boyfriend's parents." The first words out of his mother's mouth were, what do you think they were, Sarah? Her in like some sort of like um, slut way. Uh, close, okay. close. The mom says, who damn, she got birth and hips, son. Wow. But yeah. Marry that girl and give me some grandkids. Oh, good God. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. First meeting. No, I yeah. could never. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a different story. This person says his mom asked us the first time we met if we were dipping winkies. Oh, God. That's exactly what you think it is. <laughs> That's a fun way to describe it. Dip, no, it's winkies. not. It is not a fun way to describe you it. Don't dipping think so? winkies? No. Yeah, we're just going to head upstairs, dip some winkies Absolutely together. Not. Don't ever ask anybody <laughs> that. Our children know. You guys dipping some winkies over there? I, I don't, don't want to know about oh, it. Oh, God. <laughs> Good God. Uh, the mom then said, uh, if we ever need condoms for uh, us to tell her, uh, he, she's like, the code word is hungry for hearties. No, <laughs> no, no. Like, yeah. Oh, I hardy. get it. Okay. Okay. Hard. Good. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and the backstory here is that apparently the, the mom did get uh, pregnant at a young age. So she's just trying to be open with the young kids. I, you hey, know what? I appreciate you want some condoms, that. Let me know. Yeah. I do appreciate that. I think this is some some diction that we can all diction. add to our everyday lives. Dipping winkies, <laughs> hungry for hearties. Oh God! Add it. No. That's some good stuff. No. This person says, "I met my girlfriend's parents." This one's a long one, but it but it's good. 
I met my girlfriend's parents at their summer house the summer after my sophomore year in college. Though their daughter spoke highly of me, I was intimidated by their strict demeanor. They arrived at the house late at night with my girlfriend's sister and brother, and because it was late, I introduced myself to them and everyone went to sleep. I shared a room with my girlfriend's younger brother. The backstory here is the person telling the story sleepwalks. Oh, no. So they say around 2 a.m. I began sleepwalking <laughs> over to her brother's bed. Oh, the no. The brother's room was laid out similar to my room at home. So I thought I was in my bedroom at home. And then no. I panicked when I felt someone's warm face in the other bed. Stop. I couldn't find the light switch. So I began to attack the intruder. <laughs> the intruder being the, the girl's brother. brother. Yes. <laughs> so then the family rushes in. They actually have a great Dane. So they brought the dog. Oh, no. To make sure to, to figure out what was going on. So they turned on the lights and the parents saw me in my boxers with my <laughs> fists raised over their son, just beating the crap out oh, of him. No. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. Yeah. Oh. They don't say actually if um, they stuck it out if, or not. If they, if they stuck mm. it out. Yeah. And now this last one's a very strange story. This person says years ago, I was at my ex's for dinner for the first time and found out that her parents are both incredibly weird. Not anything sexual, but it was definitely an awkward situation. For example, when I ate potatoes, I like to mash. I, I like to mash them up with a fork and then mix in some melting butter. Right. Okay. Like you're not crazy. I was going to say that's that's fairly natural. <laughs> right. This person says, when I tried doing this at the table, her dad noticed what I was doing, got up from his seat, turned his back on me, and shouted, "That isn't how you eat potatoes." <laughs> yeah. What? <clears throat> This person says, I didn't know if they were joking or if he was serious or if he had a weird sense of humor. Uh, so I looked at his wife for reassurance and she she gave me like like a teacher look. Oh, no. Like, you know, when you do something wrong and the teacher gives you yes. like a, hey. Yeah, you know that look. Figure it out. Yeah. And, th and then she like went over, took his hands in hers and like cut up the potatoes in fours being like, this is how we eat potatoes. Oh my good God. It's a little like, um, I would run out the door. Yeah. That's, that's a lot, right? That's, that's kind of creepy. That's just weird. It's not creepy. It's just weird. Yeah. The fact that he would turn around and yell, that's not how you eat potato. <laughs> I can't even say it without laughing. And, and potatoes are literally the most versatile thing. Absolutely. In the you, you can have hash browns. How, you can what, have fritters. What is you your can... favorite way to eat potatoes? Oh my God. See, there's so many. Can I, can I tell you like a weird aside? Sure. I, um, at one point in my career, I was at like this job that did not pay well. And I was moving to a different job in a different, totally different province. So I had to move like three provinces away. Okay. And I didn't have a whole lot of money in my pocket. So like a week is going by <laughs> oh until my, my lease is up on the apartment. All my stuff's been moved out of the house. I basically have my microwave and I didn't want to buy new groceries. So all I had was a big ass bag of potatoes. Oh my God. And I'm like, I'm not buying more food. I'm moving out of this place. <laughs> How many different ways did you make potatoes? Like 20 different ways. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> there are a million ways to make potatoes. There are. There and are. I learned every one of them. Yes. My favorite is mashed potatoes. I love mashed, a good mashed, oh, mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes are great. I also mash my potatoes. So like that man would hate me. No, he, yeah. He would, he would stand up, turn around and yell. That's not how you eat potatoes. So. Yes. Yes. So Meredith lets loose at the bar and invites, um, cherry pop Brad. So yeah. So Brad, 
who, who like we do get a little bit of a backstory with Amy. Yes. Rachel McAdams. Mm-hmm. That uh, this guy in town named Brad is the one who popped her cherry. Right. Is how they describe it. Um, and at this bar, O'Malley's, O'Regan's, O'Douglas, whatever it is, uh, Brad shows up. <laughs> yeah. And Meredith, who is now three Wasted. sheets to the wind, she's mm-hmm. having a great time. Yep. She's like, oh my God, it's Brad, the one who popped Amy's cherry. And she <laughs> I love that. invites Brad over to the house. Well, how are you going to get her, Brad, huh? How do you think you're going to get her like that? Well, I don't even know if she wants to see me. Oh, of course she does. Look, Brad, I like you. You should come over tomorrow. It's Christmas. I'm making breakfast. I'm inviting you. Yes. So the night ends. We jump to the next morning. Well, and yes, she wakes up in Ben's bed. Meredith does. Yes, and Kelly, the father, walks in and sees Meredith in Ben's bed and just, I mean, obviously assumes that they've slept together and and so does Meredith. Meredith thinks that they slept together. This is my this is my best scene, but it's the sequence of scenes and specifically it's my best scene only because of Kelly's facial expressions yes. and his reactions. I loved it. Because he's the only one who knows that this happened. Yeah. <laughs> or didn't happen. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. He's the only one who's aware. Yeah. So a lot of stuff happens here. We do have kind of the big reveal of the movie where Everett is talking to his mom, Sybil, and she gives him the ring finally, and she does reveal, I'm sick again. Yeah. And he starts crying. He embraces her. Julie as, walks in. As well, yeah, Julie arrives. Um, and then he's got the ring, and, and he ends up asking her, like, could you put this on <laughs> just to see how it looks? Right. Asking her just to see, you know, I don't, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to ask. I was going to say, but this is as a woman, would you ever put on, like if somebody's like, Hey, can I just see you wearing this engagement ring? That's meant for somebody else. Before I give it to your sister. I think that's weird. Before you give it to anybody. Would you ever be okay with that? Not before they get it. I don't think maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like feels like a bad vibe, and that's uh, yeah. Sybil's exactly. even there, and she's like, "I don't know if that's that's okay." And she, of course, like, "Well, it's a perfect fit." Julie puts it on. Yes, and we all have kind of like a moment. Sybil's looking at Kelly. Kelly's looking at Everett. Everett's looking at Julie, and we're kind of all just like, "What is happening here? Right. What what is going on?" Well, and then she can't get it off. Well, and then Julie has a moment. She snaps back into clarity. She tries to pull it off, and it fails to come off. Yes, and I understand the panic of that. Sarah, do you want to talk about that? Well, so we were getting newborn photos done for for our son. Well, your current engagement ring doesn't yes, fit. Yes, my current engagement ring doesn't fit um, since I was pregnant. And so um, after we had our son, we were having um, newborn photos done. And I really, really miss wearing my um, my engagement, like my, my wedding rings. The backstory here is that we like weekly, Sarah would bring yes. it up and mm-hmm. I'd be like, well, could it fit? And you'd be like, uh, no, like uh, it might not come off if I put it on. I'm like, okay, well then. Don't, don't push it. Like, don't push <laughs> don't, it on. Don't do that. So then my mom said one day, she's like, oh, you know what? Just push it on Jesus. and it'll fit. Things things will work out, you know, whatever. So of Horrible course, advice, that, by the way. That day, I really wanted to wear them and I pushed them on. And let me tell you, don't do that because um, we almost had to go to the hospital and have them cut off. Sarah. And cancel the, sh- the photos. Everybody knows the, um, the cadence 
of when your significant <laughs> other is genuinely in trouble. Yeah. And she gives me the, from upstairs, she's like, Devin, come right now. And I'm like, oh shit. Like, I, I thought you had cut yourself. I thought something well. happened. And then, and then when I get up there, of course, it's the ring. And I was uh, honestly straight up. I was just like, are you fucking kidding me with this bullshit? You, you tried to put on the, we talked about this. This was so easily avoidable. Uh, um, know. and then we're trying everything. I'm oiling up your oh, yeah. hands. Yeah. Um, we Sarah's- tried soap. We tried oil, like, uh, like olive oil. Um, and then we stuck my hand in a glass full of ice cold water for to get the a very long down. time. Yeah. It was so swollen and red. Like, I'm telling you, we almost left to go to the hospital. Sarah was like sobbing. She's like, well, I don't want them to cut off my finger. And I'm like, okay, all right, let's not <laughs> well, go that I asked, far ahead I of ourselves. I asked if I would lose my finger, <laughs> uh, like Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> so, like Jim- I mean, he didn't lose his finger either. So, <laughs> but still, it was a valid concern, Devin. Oh my God, is that valid? Does that all ever in all, happen? All in all, I will say that um, the ice cold water brought the swelling down enough for me to uh, shimmy it off, but. Um, I, I, it was a little bit frightening. It was a lot frightening. And if you're wondering, hey, what, what kind of oil? Oh, no, it was just like f- vegetable oil. Yeah, it was we olive were oil. just dousing you in olive oil yeah. just to get this thing off. <laughs> um, so that's that's what Julie is going through right, right now. And so she runs to the washroom. And at the same time, Meredith comes down the stairs. She was crying just like you, except she's crying because it's so embarrassing because everybody is walking into the kitchen being like, is she wearing an engagement ring? Like Amy's there. Like, what is she doing? Why is she crying? She's like, really uncomfortable and yeah she <laughs> runs into the bathroom meredith comes down the stairs and kind of like hey like i'm here guys tries to blow it off kelly grabs ben because he's the only one once again who saw meredith in the bedroom yeah he grabs him and pulls him aside and then um this is one part that i really i don't know how i feel about it because meredith goes into the bathroom yes. with Ke- with uh, julie and she kind of reveals, like, so, like, I did something last night. Oh, yeah. Like, she's, I like, happy about it. Ben. She, th- th- that's my thing. She wasn't, like, remorseful. She wasn't, she's like, I Shamed. feel horrible. Yeah. But in that way, in that, like, you love the drama kind of way. You know what I mean? Yeah, Where like, oops, ha, oh, this is what oh, I no, did. I slept with the brother. Yeah, like, I think, I think she was looking for an out as well after being with his family and realizing that, you know what, Everett's not the one for me, but... I'm now with them for the holiday season. Oh my God. So let's sleep with the brother. Well, no, no. But what I mean is like. Great out. Yeah. 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 Make them hate each other. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you probably could have done something lesser, but. Yeah, probably. But I, I don't, I don't know. I think she wanted to get out. I think Everett too was like at that point, obviously in love with Julie and wanted out. After. 24 hours. 20, uh, it's yeah. Just, just a like a, a nice long walk on the uh, sidewalk. Julie tells Meredith that the truth about um, that this ring, he's going to propose to you. And she goes, well, yeah, no, I, I slept with Ben. Okay. So yeah, but she does break it to her that like Everett's going to propose to you. Like you need to be ready for it. And then on top of that, we have Brad pop cherry, Brad show up from Christmas morning. Because Meredith told him to come yeah. over and Amy, Amy goes to the door and she's, totally like she saw a ghost like brad she's like oh uh, why are you here? here and um she's like where the hell's meredith i want to talk to her <laughs> right he's like meredith invited me which honestly that's one of my favorite things oh my god that meredith invited him and brad actually showed up yes i think he really wants to get with amy obviously 
Um, so then everybody goes back to the living room after all of this has kind of settled a little bit. Um, everyone opens their gift from Meredith. And yeah, she a, got everybody a gift. Yes, it's a photo of Sybil, um, black and white, pregnant with Amy. And it's it's such a beautiful photo, and it means so, so much to them all, especially because Meredith doesn't know that Sybil's sick, um, but, but now, everybody does. individually, all the other kids are aware that she's sick. So it's it's very impactful for all of the yeah. Kids. Yes. And then so Everett goes up and I think I think he was not going to propose to her. I think he was actually going to, I don't know, break not break up with her, but just talk about something neutral, probably. But she yells out saying, I won't marry you. I can't marry you. And he's like, I didn't ask you. And it was really awkward. awkward. Especially because at this point, is Julie still wearing the friggin' ring? Yes. Yeah. It's just so like yeah. <laughs> poor. You know what? Oh man. There are times where I feel really bad for Meredith in this movie. There are times where I don't feel bad for her, but this one, I'm like, this is just all levels of cringe. Well, yes. Cause then she goes into a rant about how they all hate her anyway and ends with how she ruins Christmas. And then she slept with Ben and Ben tells the room, um, no, actually, um, we didn't sleep together. So then she runs off crying to the fridge to get the strata started. And Sybil and Amy go to help her, but push the door and it hits Meredith and it goes all over. This is my best scene. It's, oh, she starts it's, sobbing. The strata starts all of the chaos. <laughs> I'm just as good as any of you. Of course you are. Better, probably. And the chaos ensues. The boys are chasing after each other because Everett's like, what the hell? He's trying you to slept with, Like, yeah. oh my God. So they're running after each other and the girls and they're all falling all over the eggs, all over the floor. And it's just so funny. The strata's all over the ground. They keep slipping in it. Oh God, it's... I'm the Everett. I did, I did. Everett. Everett, Everett, come on. Hey. Oh, oh, oh. And Amy gets hit with the wrath. It's just that we're all we've got. We're not so great. And you... You're the worst. And then the boys end up like they're chasing each other. They end up in the kitchen underneath the kitchen table. And they're kind of like smacking and slapping each other. And then eventually Ben does say something. I slept on the floor. Nothing happened. This is a brand. Look, you don't even love her, man. And I think that's kind of the final nail in the coffin for Meredith and Everett. And Everett doesn't, you know, come to her rescue saying, yes, oh my gosh, I do love her. Right. He just stays silent. So that says a thousand words right there. Uh, So Julie does end up leaving. She gives, she finally gets the ring off and gives it to Elizabeth, Susanna's daughter and tells um, Susanna, you know, um, she says, give this to Everett. This is me saying goodbye. And Everett leaves with Thad and, and his dad in the car, runs after her, runs to the bus stop to stop Julie from getting on the bus. You can't go. Everett. Please. Stage. It, it's it's too much. I, no, it's not. And she gets on the bus, and then about you know a hundred yards down down the driveway of the bus taking off, the bus stops. And Julie gets off the bus and says, "What are you doing for New Year's?" It's like I I do love them together. I just wanted to see a little bit more of yes. the love blossoming between them. I would agree with you. I did think it was believable, but just like I had a to, little bit more. You know? I had to make a little bit of a leap yes. to get there. Agreed. Agreed. Whereas sometimes in a rom-com you see a love story and you're like, yes, this all makes sense immediately. Yes. This one, I had to, 
I think coach you, myself like, yeah, I guess it could happen. I think like you that. liked the characters so much that you were like, you were rooting for them, right? Yes. You, you didn't, you disliked Meredith so much that you were like, okay, Julie's phenomenal. You, you want them to be together. Julie's you want to make it work. I like Everett. Yeah. They should be together. It's been like 48 hours. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but. <laughs> but they'll, they'll last forever. <laughs> yeah. It's all going to work out though, right? <laughs> so flash forward to next Christmas. Um, Thad and Patrick have their little one. Susanna also had her baby. Um, Meredith is with Ben Amy's with Brad and Everett's with Julie. So everybody ended up with who they were supposed to end up with. A little bit awkward that, like, does that, ever, that must come up in conversation, right? Like, imagine the wedding speeches. Hey, remember when Meredith showed up and she was actually dating Everett? Oh my gosh. And why we met Julie? Because Mer- because we hated Meredith and had to bring yeah. Julie in. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a really awkward conversation. But this movie does... The, How, the, how'd you meet? How'd you... Right. That, yeah. would, that would be the worst how'd you meet stories. And then this film, like the like throughout the film, there is like this really sweet like heart to it where it is about family and it is about, you know, loss and the fear of losing somebody. And there is, at the end of the movie, Amy is looking at, they, they put up that black and white photo of yeah. Sybil, who is pregnant with Amy at the time. And... um it just kind of fl- fades to black from there, which I thought was a really beautiful way to end the film. Yeah, I think it's, um, I think they've all grown up and they've lost their mom and it's um, really hard for them and they're trying to make the best of it, right? And they're, they're, they're still one big uh, loving family, you know? I was about to say, there's there's a moment where Kelly and Sybil um, are kind of in bed talking and she's like, I'm scared. and he, But he tells her, he's like, everything's going to be okay. Everything, this is all going to work out. Like reassuring her after you're gone, we're, we're still going to be a family. So I think we have this scene at the end of the film to kind of show, yes, everything's going to be fine. And we've accepted Meredith. <laughs> Meredith Sarah Jessica Parker's still here, guys. Like she, and she she's learned it. sign language. <laughs> American Sign oh, Language, yes. I didn't notice she that. does sign a little bit at the end near the tree. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Quick facts. Quick facts. The movie was released in the United States on December 16th, 2005, and was a success with a worldwide gross of $92 million. Writer and director Thomas Bazooka put the nine cast members playing the Stones through several weeks of rehearsal so they would bond well enough off-camera to convincingly portray a family. This included a crash course in American Sign Language, as eight of the nine characters would be called upon to utilize ASL in the script to either communicate with or interpret for the character Thaddeus. The teacher worked with each actor in the instruction of ASL during rehearsals and throughout productions. While some critics and the cast members themselves pointed out that their ASL use was subpar, it was actually a realistic portrayal of a hearing family's use of the language, which is often perfunctory at best. Playing the glue that holds the family together, Diane Keaton was the first actor approached to star in the movie. Keaton has stated that she was instantly drawn to her role, as the many layers to Sybil's personality allowed her to explore so many often conflicting emotions. Diane Keaton also played the matriarch in Love the Coopers in 2015, a Christmas movie about a very dysfunctional family. Before the family stone light their tree, they say, and then cried Max, let the rumpus start, which is a line from the novella Where the Wild Things Are. During the film's Christmas Eve montage, as Thaddeus and Patrick stroll hand in hand towards the inn, Patrick signs in American Sign Language that the evening sky looks beautiful, to which Thad responds, no, you're beautiful. Luke Wilson chipped a tooth while filming this movie and asked Diane Keaton to recommend a dentist. 
Keaton decided to play a joke on him, and when he called the number she had given him, it was actually a number to a psychologist. Composer Michael Giacchino re-recorded the instrumental track of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas as it appeared in Meet Me in St. Louis, duplicating every note and matching every tempo of the original orchestration, which he then programmed simultaneously to enhance Judy Garland's vocal. Both tracks appear on the movie's soundtrack album, allowing the listener to appreciate how closely the new recording matches the vintage one. Billy Crudup and Johnny Knoxville were expected to play the roles of Everett and Ben Stone before dropping out. The part later went to Luke Wilson. Um, Aaron Eckhart was first cast in the role of Everett, but dropped out due to scheduling conflict. Oh, I could see him too, actually, as Everett. Yeah. Dermot Mulrooney found it challenging, playing a seemingly overachieving, submissive character, commenting, Everett starts out a very buttoned, downed, straight-laced, but by the end of the story, he returns to his real personality. He's really like the rest of the Stone family, loose and kind of bohemian. I noticed that. I remarked to you, actually, while we were watching, how at first he's wearing a tie and somebody makes a joke, like one of the family members makes a joke, like you can take off the tie. By the end of the movie, he's in like a coat with a hoodie. Yeah. Like he just totally... dressed down. Yeah. Rachel McAdams said she felt drawn to the dramatic arc that Amy goes through, which eventually brings her full circle. She sees herself as honest, not mean, and expresses that uncensored candor in her sardonic wit. Rachel McAdams worked with both Wilson brothers in two different movies in the same year. This movie with Luke Wilson and uh, in Wedding Crashers with Owen Wilson. Because of the dim lighting and indistinct camera angle, audiences frequently assume it's Susanna's daughter, Elizabeth, who has fallen asleep on Susanna's lap at the beginning. I thought that too at first. Yes, at the beginning of the Christmas Eve montage. It is in fact Amy, which prompts Kelly, the father, to say, she's nice like this, isn't she? In response to Amy's lack of accustomed edge as she peacefully slumbers. Claire Danes has stated that the film's delicate balance of comedy and drama challenged the cast to walk a fine line between the two styles. Writer-director Thomas Bazooka tips his hat twice to what appears to be his favorite holiday movie, Meet Me in St. Louis. The main title sequence ends by zooming into a postcard image, which then segues into a live-action version of the same landscape, a device uh, Vincent Minnelli used to launch into the first scene of the MGM musical. Later, Bazooka shows Susanna watching the St. Louis Christmas Eve ball scene on television while Amy slumbers in her lap, and this leads to a three-minute sequence depicting each of the characters' Christmas Eve comings and goings while Judy Garland's rendition of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas plays in its entirety. In the final season of her HBO series, Sex and the City, Sarah Jessica Parker, who had struggled to find a role that distinguished her from her TV character, Carrie Bradshaw, declared Meredith a breakaway from her previous roles. She is controlling, rigid, and tightly wound. When she tries to dig herself out of an awkward moment, she only makes matters worse, is what she says. This is one of two movies starring Sarah Jessica Parker, featuring the movie Meet Me in St. Louis, starring Judy Garland. The other movie is Sex and the City. Ben says to Meredith, What do you say we get you out of these clothes? You smell a little like puke. When Meredith got the strata all over her, it had Parmesan cheese in it. Butric acid is in Parmesan cheese and also in vomit, which is why Ben says you smell like puke. (laughs) Sarah Jessica Parker and Claire Danes, who play sisters in this film, have played a lead character named Carrie on an acclaimed television series. Parker as Carrie Bradshaw in Sex and the City and Claire Danes as Carrie Matheson on Homeland. The photo that Meredith gives to all the family members of a pregnant young Sybil is actually a picture of young Diane Keaton. However, Diane Keaton has never been pregnant and the photo was edited to make her look so. Wow. In the final scene, which takes place one year later, Amy is wearing Sybil's oversized ring. 
Just before the credits roll, Amy hangs the same Christmas tree decoration her mother was holding at the beginning of the movie. Honorable mentions. Okay, so my honorable mention is Claire Dane's character, Julie, who can come in midway through a movie and make a man fall in love with her in a very short amount of time, even when that man is dating her sister. That is my what should have been, actually. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to mostly agree with you there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'll do my honorable mention and then we'll we'll talk more about that. Okay. So my honorable mention is Luke Wilson. Ooh, okay. Don't you find him just so lovable? I do. Uh, you know what? All I the time. I really liked him in this movie. But I, I would declare that you probably like him in every movie. I don't I know do. him to not be <laughs> yeah. just a really endearing character. I think you're right. Because you know what? Sometimes I can get a little bit annoyed with his brother. Sarah, you're speaking my language okay. right now. But everything that Luke's been in, I quite like him in it. Yes. And I, I even did a little bit of research. I'm like, has Luke Wilson... No, Owen Wilson's definitely been the more successful actor, yeah, but I would agree. there have definitely been more moments mm-hmm. where I've felt we've had a little bit too much Owen Wilson in this movie. It's possible to have too yeah. much Owen Wilson, whereas Luke Wilson is always just oh, what a what a delight to watch him. I, you know? I I wonder if it's because Luke Wilson has been able to, even though they're not all lead roles that he has, but it's been he's been able to. Um, take a little bit of drama, a little bit of comedy, a little bit of rom. Like he's been able to kind of diversify his, um, his portfolio of acting. Whereas Owen Wilson does play very similar characters a lot of the time, you know? Yes. And I think the the thing with Owen Wilson is that he is often leaned on to be like, okay, you're going to be the funny one. Just be the funny guy. And when you're always swinging at jokes, you're, you're going to strike out or you're going to miss a few here and there. Whereas Luke Wilson he wasn't just funny in this movie. Right. He was kind of, he was a nice plot point. Uh, you know, he's kind of. He was kind. He's, he's kind. I'll go back to that. He's he lovable. Kind. He's yeah. genuine. He's also very perceptive. He's kind of like, like uh, Owen Wilson is that older brother who like uh, would do something really hilarious and get the whole family in trouble. And yeah. you'd be like, oh, this is fucking hilarious. But like how annoying that you got us all in trouble. Whereas Luke Wilson is like. I'm going to bring you out for your first legal beer, you know, or like, Hey, you want to yeah. smoke some weed behind the house today? You know, like he's just like a good guy, you yeah, know, he's like, just a, a good like guy. a patch on the back. Oh. Like you're, you're doing a great job. Yes. What should have been. Are we going back to Claire Danes? So or, sorry, Julie, what I have written down is, could we have just had a little tiny bit more time spent? Yes. With Julie and Everett to make it make more sense that he was like about to propose to <laughs> Ju- uh, to, 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 to Meredith. Meredith. And then in 48 hours, he's like, nope, scratch that. It was it's like her sister. love at first sight off the bus, which, okay, fine. But then like they go on one walk with each other and it's like literally they're, they're in love now. And like, I wanted to believe it because I really, yes. really, I do like this movie. Mm, I it love was this just movie. A little like, dude, it, it's been like, Two days. Yeah. Not even maybe. Like how long has it been? Come on now. And you haven't spent two solid days even together. If you gave me like a week, like give me a full seven days, maybe then I'll believe it. Yeah. Two days was, it was still believable. It was just, I I had to, I had to reach a little bit to get there. Agreed. That's the one piece that I was like, oh, you should have spent a little bit more time to make it a little bit more convincing. Can I, unpopular opinion. Okay. I actually really like Claire Danes. I like not everybody likes Claire Danes. I like her. I like Claire Danes. I watched Homeland the first few seasons anyway. Um, (laughs) It's her crying. 
Oh, specifically the crying. She cries a lot in Homeland and um like I think there's probably articles about it. Hold on. I'm I'm looking up Claire Dane's crying. Yeah. Ooh. Right? Oh my god. Yeah, yeah this is yeah. this is something. I mean to say like Ooh. she's a little bit of an uglier cr- ugly crier. <laughs> She's scary, actually. Right? So, like, I mean... Oh, my God. They've done an article about it. Vanity Fair. Claire yes, Danes crying. has come to terms with her cry yes. face. This was a meme at one point. I am telling you, in Homeland, she cries a lot, and it's her ugly cry face. And it's 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 something. Like, the fact that Vanity Fair wrote about it, I, you know, like, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that's a thing. It is, yes, yes. It's actually like also her yelling, crying face is also something. Yeah, I'm like I, I literally know nothing about Homeland. I don't even know the concept of the storyline. But there's like some angry crying. There's some yelling, crying. Yes, yes. There's some very anguished crying. Yeah. Somebody, uh, page six dot com, did a Claire Danes <laughs> ugly crying montage. Oh no! Um, you can watch it. Great at acting, even better at crying. Even better at crying. Yeah. I'm uh I love Claire Dane, so I'm just gonna ignore all of this information. <laughs> um and I'm gonna purge these crying faces from right. my mind because yeah. they are pretty frightening, to be honest. <laughs> Overall rewatchability. So I've got chemistry 3.85. I thought like outside of Sarah Jessica Parker, she's kind of like her own thing in this film. Everybody else had great chemistry, even the siblings. I thought I'm like, yeah, the those are siblings right there. And I think that goes into the chemistry. Mm-hmm. Storyline, 3.9. Uh, thirst Factor, 3.15. Imagination, of 4.5. Soundtrack, of 4. We did have some good moments in there with, with music. And Cheese, a 4.2. For an overall score, I actually love this score. Okay. It's a 3.93. Wow. Because, like, we all know, for Devin, a 4 is like, okay, we're getting into the great territory and this movie is just on the cusp Mm. of being great on any given day i think it could make it or not it's just it's right there on the line okay so my rewatchability is as follows chemistry 4.75 storyline 4.5 thirst factor 4 imagination 4.25 soundtrack 3.95 cheese 3 for an overall score of 4.07 out of 5 we're right in there sarah we are i go back to how great this cast is and i loved watching this movie there wasn't a moment in this movie that i was like this is dragging on it was just it was so seamless the way that they portrayed a, a family during the holidays, the chaos of it all, the the like I go back to it, the, the emotions of it all um, and everything in between. Like it just was really well done. And I think as far as like uh, I agree with you, as far as an ensemble cast, it felt very connected. There are a lot of ensemble movies where like maybe it's just because of the shooting schedule. They couldn't get everybody in the same place at the same time all the time. Yeah. Love actually a great example. There's like 30 great actors there's only two of them together on screen or three of them or four at, at, the, same at the same time. Yeah. This, I felt like, yes, that those people are all family. Mm-hmm. They're together. Aside from Julie <laughs> and Meredith, obviously. <laughs> well, they become family. Uh, yeah. This has been the Rom-Com Rewind of The Family Stone. If you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, follow, leave some reviews so more people find us. And if you heard anything on this podcast that you have opinions on, you want to reach out about, at Rom-Com Rewind on Instagram. Thanks for listening.